Welcome to La Casa Blanca Podcast. I am joined with my boy, TT, back again. He's been busy. He took time out of his day to join me. How are we doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks, Thanks you a lot. And uh, how have you been? You know, uh, another day in the life. Just uh, been working a ton and trying to relax all my days off when I can before uh, we get into busy season again just with life. So today, you know, you know what we're getting into, but just to let anyone, all the listeners know, um, just doing a little preseason podcast. Um, I sent you a list of questions that we're going to go over. We'll both give our answers. Hopefully this only takes about 30 minutes, less than an hour. Um, you know, but as usual with the podcast, we kind of just let them go with the flow and take us into whatever talking areas um, we find necessary. So for the first question, you know, um, right now we're using the diamond, uh, but you know, as long as we've been fans, it's usually been like a four, three, three, or like a four, two, three, one, or, um, something of that sort. Do you think right now we're using the four, four, two diamond, which we used under Zidane? Um, do you think that we're going to switch? And if we're going to switch, why do you think will be the reasoning is? I think like we discussed in the last podcast that uh, we discussed that what would happen if we use this um, formation for the rest of the season. And it had only been two games uh, back then. But I think we have got our answer right now because we, I think we, yeah, we used that formation against Barca as well as Juve. And I think they have cracked the code already. So I do not think that, you know, this is something we should go forward with. And I think, in my opinion, we can go back and forth with 4-3-3 and uh, Diamond 4-4-2 to, you know, just keep a variation of our formation and just rotate the players in different types of formations and make them comfortable in their zones. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think, yeah. in my no. opinion, we should not, you know, make this our uh, standard formation like every game we're starting like you, uh, you as you said, four three three has been our standard formation for as long as I've been watching. So, yeah, yeah, and you know the diamond. The problem with the diamond really is that you're relying on essentially your two forwards, which are both um, Vinicius and Rodrigo, to be put up numbers Not exactly like reliable. Ronaldo and Benzema yeah. did. Um, they're, they're no doubt they're good in their own uh, craft. You know, if you're expecting goals to come through them, they're not the most reliable players in that uh, skill set. It's not their main attributes. Um, mm. Where Ronaldo, towards the end of his career, it was his main attribute. And, you know, after the knee injury, that's essentially what he was known for. It's why Messi fans call him, you know, just a... Oh, he only scores inside the box, et cetera, et cetera. You know, which... Isn't true, but um, you know you could rely on Ronaldo to score one to a game, and with this system, with the players we have, you know, can we? You know, let's just say the average. Let's just say you, you know, you need to average two goals a game to win. You know, do we trust Vinicius and Rodrigo? Especially, you know, with if Fede's on the field and Kamavinga, and you know, we have late runners into the box with Bellingham. I think that that number goes up, but. 
are Cruz and Modric really reliable as midfielders to score goals? I don't really think the answer is that. I think as, uh, as much as I've seen till now, I think Modric has lost his touch so far. I'm not making uh, you know a judgment right now because it's not even the start of the season yet. But I haven't seen Modric do something special or something out of the ordinary. Um, or mainly just, you know, he hasn't done what he's supposed to do with the team. So, <clears throat> I think we will definitely miss the creativity of Modric if we are, you know, going for 4-4-2 four, four, especially. Because, he, you know, we all know he likes to get up the pitch uh, and, you know, kind of play uh, the passes forward and try to try to be a playmaker in a sense. But, you know... I don't think he's been doing that really well. I think Bellingham has have to give he has to give him some competition in his role. But yeah, I don't think you know with Modric not performing as he's expected to, I don't think we would be very successful with this formation. Yeah, I don't think where Modric is right now is a, a good enough level to be a starter at Real Madrid. Um, so on to the next question. You know, this one kind of ties into the first. Will Mbappe join? Just, you know, simple, precise, whatever you think. Uh, <laughs> this is a tough one. I think no one really has the answer to this. I know there's a lot of sources, a lot of reliable sources, a lot of unreliable sources tweeting all kinds of bullshit. But if we have to be honest, even Mbappe does not know if he's going to join or not. Uh... Would we like him to join? Obviously, we would love him to join. But I think if Mbappe is, uh, you know, not in the mood to come, then I think we should 100% go for a main attacker, even if it's on loan. Uh, because if they're planning to bring Mbappe next year and fit him into that role, so I think even if it's on loan, we need a dependent striker who we can depend on for scoring all those goals or even helping... Vinicius and Rodrigo's four goals. Do you know what I'm saying? I think yeah, yeah. If if it comes down to the question, will Mbappe join? I don't know. Do I want him to join? Yes, but okay. Yeah. Um. So based on the sources that I trust, um, I think he will join. Um, and I do think that that will change how we play formation. I don't know if the four four two will be the go to if Mbappe. Even though at this point, Rodrigo might be better as a super. Um, and we would have that reliable goal scorer, Cristiano S, um, that the 4 exactly. could work. Um, but we also have never seen Mbappe against low blocks in La Liga. You yeah. know, anytime we see Mbappe thriving, it's in UCL or the late stages of the World Cup where he's playing against the high line and you know, he has a ton of space to run into. Yes. You know, he's never had to go to Cadiz on a Wednesday night. <laughs> and, you know, and it's fucking <laughs> hot as shit. And you just have the ball for 90% of the possession. And, you know, they don't even want the ball. They give but you I the think ball. We're past the, uh, we're past the point that we question Mbappe as a player. So, if uh, if he, he even if he has some sort of uh, difficulties in the first few games against these low blocks. I think Mbappe, as good a player as he is, I think he would find a way to overcome that. And 
like you mentioned, a Cristiano-esque player. Mbappe, if we if we if you look into it, he is a multi-position player. Not exactly multi-position, but you know what I'm saying? Multi-zone player. Like he he could play a striker, he could play a winger, he could play some other role that could, you know, help up. Yeah, he's a forward. Exactly. He's just a forward. Exactly. He's not a nine, exactly. he's not a winger. Yeah. Which actually so I think, hurts yeah, him I think, in some aspects of his game in my opinion. But it does, but I think it would help the team if you look at it. If uh, it allows us to set up in uh, different ways and it allows us to give Venetian, Venetius some sort of, you know, independence and Rodrigo some sort of independence. Like, you know, go out there, do your thing. You have Mbappe with you. Uh, if it doesn't work, feed the ball to Mbappe, take it back. Something like that, you know. We can we can make a lot of variations because of Mbappe's uh, play style. So I don't yeah, think we would be said, stuck just, to 43 um, or 4. Yeah. Personally, just him against low blocks, I don't think, it, you know, I don't think, you know, people are like, oh, like when people would complain if we had been Mbappe, this would have happened. Like, it probably still would have happened. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he changes the game against a La Liga squad that drastically. That is true. That is true. Um, you know, because they're just, if they're comfortable sitting behind the ball, they're comfortable sitting behind the ball. Um, but. Let's move on to the next question. And I do think that if he comes, you know, we're going to see probably more 4-3-3 than we would see um, in general. Yeah. And maybe a 4-2-3-1 with Bellingham in the hole. Um, but, you know, then that means, you know, we have, what, seven midfielders? Uh, eight huh. if you count Arta Goulart. So, you know, now we're getting into, you know, the, we kind of have to play with four midfielders in a sense. You know, I don't want to get too deep into this, but, you know, to keep the squad as fresh as possible, um, you know, or we're going to lose out on, you know, someone, a big name is going to leave him sooner rather than later. I um, think, no, uh, sorry, no. I'll, I'll add on to this. I think, in my opinion, it's, we look at it as, oh no, there's seven players, seven big names, seven midfielders. Um, how are they going to fit in? How are they going to work out? But I think because I'm assuming... No, I'm not assuming. I'm predicting that this is Cruz uh, and Modric's last season. So I think getting all these young guys under them for at least one season and, you know, making them learn from Cruz and Modric and basically giving them the uh, presence of Cruz and Modric uh, no matter, uh, regardless if they play or not. But I think that exposure is very important to the young uh, the big games, uh, big names that we're bringing, like Bellingham, Kamavinga, I think they need that exposure with uh, playing alongside Cruz uh, and Modric. So I think, in that sense, it's nice because I think this is the, uh, this is going to be their last season in Real Madrid, if not, you know, in football. So I think, obviously, we, I I as well have questions as as to how these formations would work out and how these all, all these players would fit in and how would they rotate and who would play on the UCL nights, who would play on the La Liga nights. But I think that's up to Carlo to figure out. But yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, I think fair. that's fair. Um, next question. Of the new signings, who do you believe has the... who will have the biggest impact? Uh, I'll be honest. This was... As unexpected as I uh, as it could have been, I did not expect Bellingham 
to be really good, but he blew us away with the preseason that he had. Honestly, I was blown away. Uh, I honestly want to have a judgment on Arda Guler as well, but you know we don't know yet. I think as much as I've seen yet, it has to be Bellingham. Bellingham has... I, I did not watch him a lot. I'll be honest, I did not watch him at Dortmund a lot, but I was very... Um, like I talked in the last podcast, I was really hesitant of, you know, having Bellingham in the team. If you remember, I messaged you a few months ago. Uh, we, we should have rather signed Jamal Musiala instead of Bellingham, if you remember. But, yeah, I think Bellingham would be the biggest uh, turn out. Yeah, I think um, I'm actually going to go with a different option. I think Fran Garcia is going to have the biggest impact of the new signings. Um I did watch a decent amount of Bellingham, and I do question his big game impact. Um, while with Fran Garcia, I've seen the big game impact a lot. Um, I didn't think Bellingham was that good at the World Cup, especially when it mattered. Yeah, I didn't true. think Bellingham was that good for Dortmund, especially when it mattered. Uh, well, he was very good for Dortmund, but I mean in the sense of like, they play Bayern Munich and they need to, you know, they need their superstar to show up and, you know, because Erling Holland's gone and he doesn't. Um, they did fold in the league after having a, a lead, you know, um, late. Uh, and also the Chelsea game, he really ghosted, like really, really ghosted in the Chelsea second leg. One that they were in the driver's seat to advance. Um, so that's why I'm going to go with Fran Garcia. Um, as the signing who will have the biggest impact. And, you know, that's really because I think he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a bona fide starter just because of Ferlin Mendy's injury record. You know, he's already been injured already this year. The season just started. So, you know, it's going to be down to Fran to be the impact player on the left back. And, you know, uh, as we saw with Kamavinga moving to left back last year, Vinicius' numbers had a massive uptick. And I think Fran Garcia will be able to help unlock another version of Vinicius. Um, I think I have to, you know, somewhat agree with you on that because as much as I've seen, Fran Garcia seems a very solid option. And I think his um, performances in the big games, I think he's going to cope up with, the, you know, Real Madrid pressure and he's going to cope up in the big games. And I think I will agree with you on, you know, the Vinicius thing. In my opinion, I also agree with you that he was going. He is going to allow Vinicius to achieve more numbers on the on the left side. But yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, okay, so the next one: How will the other signings impact the squad? So for me, Bellingham, Jose Lubrahim, for you, Fran, which we already talked about, Fran and Bellingham a little bit. So I guess really just Jose Lu and Brahim. Um, how do you expect their impact on the squad to be? I think Jose Lu won't have a big enough impact because I don't think if that is if we sign Mbappe, I don't think Jose Lu is going to get a chance unless he's injured or unless he's you know whatever the case may be. But I think as much as I don't want to say it and I don't want to believe it, I think Ida Guler has a decent enough chance to flop. But yes, too early to make a judgment. I don't know. Yeah, and you know, 
something that we should mention about Brahim is he's probably going to fill that Marco Sensio role. So, you know, he's going to have to bring an impact to this squad. Um, if he doesn't, he's going to be on the outside looking in because, you know, for all the wrongs and all the problems, you know, Marco Sensio caused and, you know, he wasn't that favorite among um, fans. They liked him in Spain, but that was more because, you know, he was Spanish um, than the actual impact he had on the pitch. Uh, but, you know, I was talking to my friend in Madrid last season. And I was like, ah, we should have sold Asensio because, you know, we, he was going to leave for free. Um, mm. And he was like, no, like, you need players like Asensio for, like, you know, the Gironas, the Cadizes, the Hatafes, you know, the games. He's a great rotational piece. And, you know, my friend in Madrid was completely right. You know, Asensio... Even though we didn't win the league last year, he was a big reason of why we fought for the league. Um, and yeah, so Brahim has a big role to fill. I think Jose Lu will play a bigger impact than what you um, let on. I kind of see somewhere from 10 to 15 goals. And I think for the season, and you know, I do agree that his minutes will go down if Mbappe does come. But um, that being said, I do think that Jose Lu will still get a decent amount of mis- minutes. I think rotations are going to be um, heavy this year, um, especially considering that um, Mbappe can kind of fill right wing as well. So, like, you know, you could go with – I mean, especially because Jose Lu will help a lot against La Liga squads. You know, like, if you went with a front three of Jose That's Lu, true. Vinicius, and Mbappe – Mm-hmm. I think that would actually do really well against a Hitafe. I think um, I forgot yeah. about Brahim Diaz you mentioned. I'm sorry I'm cutting you off, but No, you're fine. Uh in my opinion, I know it's a big shot, but if Brahim Diaz if all goes well for him, I think he he has the potential to replace Rodrigo. I think he can. I I know he definitely has the talent to do so, but he needs to live up to that pressure because I have watched the, you know, I was watching the 2019 season. And back then I realized that Brahim was indeed a special talent. And he was really good against the Khadijas and, you know, the low blocks as well. I remember watching him in the Copper Del Rey we had. And it was in some fucking rugged pits and, you know, some rural town or village team. And he was mm-hmm. playing really good. I think he... He scored a hat trick. I don't. I don't remember it well, but uh, yeah. The point is, I think he has that capabilities in him to basically take Rodrigo's spot as the main right winger because we both know that Rodrigo is not exactly the right winger that you know we need. And our... he's also been inconsistent. Um, Rodrigo yeah, exactly. has been very inconsistent exactly. in his time in Madrid. So I um, think Raheem has the potential to dethrone. And I didn't mention Guler, but if Mbappe comes, I really don't expect Guler to get any minutes. Like, yeah, he's already the lowest man on the totem pole, and it's going to be rough. It's going to be hard for him to find minutes now. If Killian Mbappe comes, it's going to be even harder for him to find minutes. Um, so, by the end of the season, what do you think the Gala 11 will be? <laughs> Basically, the Gala eleven has mostly to do with the Gala midfield. You know what I'm saying? I think in the end, we would realize that Cruz and Modric 
probably probably i love them both but you know as much as it as it hurts to see them get finished but i think they're going to be finished by the end of this season so i think by the end we would realize that kamavinga chuameni these two guys have to start uh then it's really hard because you know you have to choose within valverde and bellingham as the mid uh, the third midfielder or even both uh honestly i cannot tell but i would choose valverde and bellingham both if we go for the four midfielder options or if we go for the three i'd choose bellingham only i think the front three should be if Mbappe comes, obviously he's going to be there. Mbappe, uh, Vinicius, and Brahim Diaz, I think, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, the defense should be Fran Garcia, Militao, Rudiger, and Carvajal. Okay. Um, for me, the Gal 11, and this is just a little bit of a hot take based on what I saw in preseason. Um, the back line, I think, will be Fran Garcia, David Alaba, and Rudiger. Um, and I'll explain that. And just Millie, There was also reports that came out today that, you know, just kind of agree with this notion that Militao is a little too... Um, he's kind of gotten a little big-headed, and he makes mm-hmm. a lot of mistakes, and he's not really focused, and he he's just not focused when it matters a lot. And, you know, he's, when he's on his game, he's the best center back in the world. But I think by the end of the season, um, if he continues down this route of not focusing or only focusing when it matters, he's going to lose his spot really quickly. Uh, let's not forget think- that Rudiger was arguably the best center back in the world before he signed for Real Madrid. Uh, Rudiger has been really solid. I remember that game against Man City and, you know, the way he shut down Holland, I was really, very impressed with him. I think Militao, uh, as you mentioned, in his, you know, on his day, he's the best midfielder in the world, or defender in the world, no doubt. As much as I like Alaba, I don't see him competing with these two guys defensively, you know. But who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But his ball Maybe. progression is exactly, and his leadership in the back line is so important that he essentially exactly. has to be there. Exactly. That's but the I problem: is that neither really... Rudiger or Militao, who are both better defenders, um, especially one on one, than David Alaba, but they don't have the proper leadership skills and they don't have the proper ball playing. They don't. They don't play as well under pressure, and you know that's because Alaba plays left back for 10 years, but, you know, he's actually an awesome center back too at the same time. I think one man who does need competition in this position is Danny Carvajal. <laughs> yeah, I think we all could agree on that. Um, I've, I've started to dislike him at this point. I think he really needs to go. He needs to pack his bag. And be... Yeah, and it's really brutal because, you know, he's, he was so beloved for a long time. Exactly. So it's but really been... hard to watch a player like, you know, like him. At least Marcelo lost his spot. So, like, we weren't, like, seeing, like, oh, man, Marcelo needs to be benched. Like, we got to mm, let Marcelo go. True. But, like, it's just, it's gotten beyond the point of repair at this point. And I, I think it's been like this for a very long time. I've been seeing this for a very long time. 
I think post 2019, I have not seen Carvajal play on the world class level that he used to play in the uh, the three beat era. You know, he was one of the best right backs in the world, but now, uh, not now, but for the past three years, I do not think he's you know. He's he's on the Real Madrid level. He has fumbled a lot in big games for us. He's given away penalties. He's given away, you know, a lot when it yeah. matters. And, you know, he's also been awesome in some of those big games as well. So just the inconsistency is just, you know, like that uh, Man City, what was it, second leg? Um, last se- Not last season, two seasons ago now. He was awesome, you know? Um but, you know, those games are too far and in between and he needs proper competition in the position to properly, you know, uh, win his spot. You know, if someone came in and gave him competition and he won his spot outright, I would not complain. But, you know, he's fighting against Lucas Vasquez, who isn't even a right back and isn't even good at his first position. So why is he going to be good at his second position? Um, But... That being said, I still need to finish my Gal 11. I think it will be a 4-2-3-1 by the end of the year, and I think it will be a Kamavinga, Chuameni, uh double pivot by the end of the year. I just think that Cruz doesn't really fit the system, even though Cruz is probably the best player of the midfielders. <laughs> but I don't think he fits the system of um, what we're trying to implement. And I actually think it will be a 4-2-3-1, and I think, right, I think uh, Valverde will find himself on the right wing, and let's just say Mbappe comes. He'll be the 9. Bellingham is a 10, Vinny on the left, and yeah, and if Mbappe doesn't come, then I'm not really sure what the Gal 11 will be. It'll probably be the same squad that it is right now, the same Gal 11 that it is right now. Um, So moving on to the next one, how does Carlo juggle all the competitions? You know, we have less competitions than last year because we don't have the Club World Cup, but it's a different squad. Um, This squad has more depth than the past squads, but... You know, Carlo has to juggle Supercopa, Copa del Rey, La Liga, and UCL and compete on all fronts. You know, um, how do you how do you think he does the juggling? Do you think he doesn't rotate at all like he normally does? Do you think he's going to have heavy rotations this year or what? I think there has to be heavy rotations because, you know, it's not only what Carlo wants. I think there has to be some sort of pressure from the club as well. Um, probably, probably, I don't know the fact, but probably the club has their signings as well. One second. No, you're fine. You know, for me, I think he has to rotate a lot in general. Um, and he has the depth now, you know, the dead weight is quote unquote gone. Uh, no Mariano, no Hazard, no Vallejo, even though Vallejo wasn't a problem. And he's got depth in the positions where it matters. Um, and, you know, he's got Rudiger, he's got Nacho. Nacho can co- cover. He's finally got a backup left back um, for uh, Ferlin Mendy that really has struggled to stay healthy since, you know, his first two seasons in Madrid. Um And with all that being said, you know, Carlo just is going to have to rotate. And he actually has the depth and quality in depth to rotate now with all the dead weight gone. Ah, so I'm sorry I got cut off. But um, 
I think there has to be some sort of pressure from the club as well uh, to rotate the new signings that you know the club have made uh, because not all of them would be the signings of Cardo and Chilotti. So you know, I think there has, it it would become necessary to rotate with you know. Like you said, we have seven midfielders, so the uh, main rotation uh, will come through the midfielders. So yes, I think we would, you know, play mixed elevens in uh, throughout all the competitions. Let's see what happens, because by you know November, December, we would realize our main eleven or the main players. So you know, by the end of winters. We would already know which players need to be kept for rotation, which players uh-huh. need to be started. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any hot takes for the season? My hot take, like I told you, I think <laughs> I think Arda Guler may may flop. Okay. okay. Um, my you? hot take. Probably. You've actually had a couple hot takes. I guess my hot take will be that Rudiger will be a starting center back by the end of the season. That's not a hot take. That's a fair shout. <laughs> you don't think that's a hot take? Okay. Um, My hot take is that... I don't fucking know. I, <laughs> that Tony Cruz... Well, I, yeah, see, these aren't hot takes, though. Uh, let me think. My hot take is that Jose Lewis scored 15 goals this season in La Liga. There you go. Yeah, that is a hot take. That's a hot take. There we go. I, really I said he'll score to. 10 to 15 and overall, and this is barring if Mbappe doesn't come, but if Mbappe doesn't come, Jose Lewis 15 goals in La Liga. Counter chickens. Um, that would be Loki perfect. No. Um, okay. Do you think Chuameni finds himself in the starting lineup by the end of the season? Hundred percent. Yeah, I thought I it was you. unjustified that he didn't find himself in the starting eleven last year. I think that's besides he he was really good pre World Cup, but you know since the World Cup final, you know he missed the penalty and everything. I think it really did hurt his morale and his confidence. You know, so he was not feeling himself a little. But I know the guy; he's tough. As in, <laughs> I don't know the guy, but you know, uh, I think he's right. He's a very tough player, and I think he would get back. In the game, he would uh, he would you know increase his tre- uh, strength mentally. He would increase his strength on the field. I think he's going to mm-hmm. state himself in this starting eleven. Yeah, I actually don't even think that was justified to drop him last year at all. I don't really think he did anything wrong. Exactly. I think that was all just a facade by Carlo, honest to God, to to justify playing Cruz and Modric even when they didn't deserve to play. <laughs> That's true. Because um, I still think he was better than especially Modric. Um, and he's better than Tony Cruz as a DM. Um, yeah. We kind of already answered this, but Carlo juggling the minutes for the midfielders, just heavy rotations? I think um, our trademark 70-minute substitutions would be two or three midfielders in every game. Uh, uh, has La Liga allowed five? Yes, you're still at five. Yeah. So they I think we, we would have fact. three or two uh, midfielders every single game at the 70th minute. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah probably. probably. And, you know, I you think know, he I should think actually move up those substitutions to more like the 60th minute um, instead yeah, of like 70, is, 80. That, this is one uh, toxic um, trait of Real Madrid managers. We saw this with Zidane. We are seeing this with Ancelotti, they do not substitute until 
70 is early, fairly early, uh, by Real Madrid standards. Um, They just substitute for the last 5-10 minutes and I do not think that is right. I think, you know, if we want some impact from the players, we need to give them like a decent 20 minutes, 15-20 minutes, at least, at least. So I think uh, we should, you know, I agree with you on that. We should move back our time. I think 60-65 minutes, it's the perfect time. Because by one hour, you can easily judge that which player is not performing, which player should not be on the pitch, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so, Carlo Ancelotti, it's his third season. We haven't seen him have a third season at Real Madrid. After the first time, he got fired after two, and this time he makes it to the third season. How does he do in his third season? Uh, I think with Mbappe, we do have a treble-winning squad. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's. I, I know we have not been informed for the past eight months, but you know, I think on paper this is one hundred percent a treble-winning squad. Uh, potential. They have potential to win the treble, but realistically speaking, I think we can easily do the double. Carlo can easily do the double if he gets his tactics right. Tactics right. But if he's just gonna spam the four four two every single game, we are gonna get what we uh, you know already have experienced in the preseason. Uh, we had two good games, but the third game and the fourth game it was a disaster tactically. So you know. Some people argue that we were really good in Barca, the against Barca, and we were very dominant. But I honestly, what I saw, Barca were very comfortable with you know how we were playing, and they could not you know they couldn't ask for more against against us. I don't yeah, think we yeah. were, even though we looked like we were playing good, I do not think we were troubling them enough because yeah, I know we had a lot of shots. I know we came really close to taking like four or five goals, but. Overall, I do not think we were troubling them enough. Yeah, I don't have a problem. Yeah, so what do you think how how his season is going to be, Carlos? Uh, really no, but I think I think the squad depth is there. Even if you don't join it, if you don't, I still think that a Copa La Liga title should be the goal, as I've said in the past. Um, or it should be the minimum, sorry, with this squad, not the goal. Um, the minimum should be a, you know, a, a Spanish treble, so to speak. A Super Cup, a La Liga, and a Copa. I think that should be, or at least a domestic double, um, should be where we try. this team finds themselves. Yeah, uh, so who do you believe is going to lead the team in goals this season? Uh, this is a very tough question considered on uh, the squad that we have right now. <laughs> it reminds mm-hmm. me of, I think, 2020 season, like, you know, Sergio Ramos was our second or third highest goal scorer and we had no main goal scorer. Benzema was good, but he was not the best. So, you know, we did not have a very good goal scoring record even though we did win La Liga that season. But uh, we did have a serious, serious goal-scoring problem in that year. So I think if we continue with this squad uh, that we have right now without Mbappe, I think it's going to be the repeat of that year, 2020. Uh, if 
there, you know, if we do sign Mbappe, then there's no question Mbappe would be the leader. But I think Vinicius could give him a wait of time, as in in terms of goal competitions. But obviously, we know Vinicius. If if we were to continue with the squad, I think Vinicius could easily easily be uh, one of our best players for the season. Although I do believe he is certainly playing out of position this season, because you know he's not. He's not playing his best version in this position, you know. He's playing. He has to play somewhat as a striker as well. Like you mentioned, he's right now. He's playing like a forward, and that's not what he's good at. He's good as a wide forward or you know a the sideline winger. So I think definitely we need to switch some things up. Yeah, I think I don't disagree with anything you said. I think it's going to be Vinicius or Mbappe, whoever arrives. Um, and I don't think that's crazy to say at all. Um, and I think everyone would agree. Um, who's your unsung hero for the season? <laughs> um, it has to be between Kamavinga or Chuameni. I think this is the season that Chuameni redeems himself. He doesn't really need to redeem himself, but you know, Carlo has, you know, flinched him and he's not been the best version of himself. But I think this season, Chuamini is going to redeem himself and he's going to be the unsung hero. Yeah, my unsung hero is actually going to be. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. Alaba. No. Or, actually... or Frank Garcia. I, yeah, I was going to say Frank Garcia. Um, I just don't think he's going to get the proper praises that he deserves. And then second is going to be Aurelian Chuameni. I think he's going to take a massive jump this year. And it could he also could work for another question, uh, the next question, which is most improved. Um, I think it's, for me, it's got to be Chuameni. is going to be the most improved. I think he's going to solidify himself in the starting 11. And then along with him, probably Rudiger as well. Um <laughs> Honestly, this is my opinion. I think we are going to see some good performances from Mendy this season as well. And I, I have so a good too. I have a good reasoning for that because this time he does have a competition and you know he knows his place is, you know not under guaranteed. Threat. Yeah, it is under threat and it is not guaranteed for him anymore. So I think he would perform out of pressure. So I think he would improve a lot compared to last season. Okay, and then your MVP for the season. MVP, Vinicius Jr. I have two, Vinicius Jr. and Thibaut oh, Courtois again. Yeah, Courtois. Come on, is a good shot as well. Let's, let's be honest. Courtois is the real uh, unsung hero because we don't talk about him a lot. Uh, Madrid Twitter does not talk about it a lot. But yeah, he does save our asses and it matters the most. A lot. Yeah, um, a lot, consistently. Are you, for La Liga positioning, uh, you have us winning the league? I hope so, yes. Okay. Who who rounds out your top four in La Liga? I think Barca have been very, you know, they look very strong and they have you know, some new youngsters and they look They feel really comfortable good. under Chavi. Exactly. They, they, they look like they have a solid team now. Even though there's not particularly big names on the sheet, you know. And they lost Dembele. 
Yes, they lost. But Fatty looks good again. Like Fatty exactly, looked good in preseason. Exactly. So I think they would give us a very hard, very hard fight. And I think if we are not careful and if we are not, you know, focused enough, I think they would snatch the title from us like they did this season. Not exactly snatch, but you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, we should have walked away with the title. Yeah, let's be so honest. I think it's going to be close in the top two. Uh, I don't really know about Atletico to be third. They were not the, you know, the third best team that season. You know, they did make a really good comeback in the second half of the season. But I think, uh, I think maybe this is my opinion. I might get cooked for this, but I think Real Sociedad they look really nice. I think they're gonna take the third spot this season. You and, think Real Sociedad? Okay. Yeah, and fourth spot. Again, I have not seen, you know, Atletico do something out of the ordinary, or the, you know, they have they haven't had a very good patch of you know, good matches or you know wins. But I think they would have some competition for the fourth and fifth position with, with uh, Real Betis or Villarreal. I think, but in the end, maybe I would predict that Atletico would finish fourth. Yeah, so yeah, I'm so actually going to give you a pretty straightforward top uh, top three. I think it's going to be Real, Barca, Atletico. I think Atletico has made a lot of good transfers this summer. Um, they sold Renan Lodi and brought in Javi Gayan, who's mm-hmm. been really good for Celta Vigo. Um, they brought in the Leicester center back that I'm not even going to pronounce his last name, the Turkish one, you know, Soyan Su. They got Caesar uh, Aspilicueta brought in, um, and you know if they move Jao Felix, it could be, it could be good for them. Um, in my I think, opinion, yeah, it would be good because uh, they'll get Felix a decent amount of money for him. Yeah, um, and then you know they just need to make decisions on um, Samuel Lino. He had a great year at um, mm. Valencia. Valencia. I think he should stay. I don't know if they've made a decision on that yet. Um, and then Rodrigo Riquelme, um, they need to make a decision on him as well. Uh, you know, they have some good young talent there that they need to make decisions on and what they're going to do with them. But, you know, they've also lost, they lost Contavia, they lost Mar- Mateus Cunha, um, they've lost Renan Lodi, and, you know, Sergio Regulon's gone. Um, they did bring in Griezmann for a really cheap free as well, a permanent fee. So Griezmann should look just like himself last year. Um, who, in my opinion, was probably the best player in La Liga last season. Yeah, so, sure. you know, I think Atletico has it. Um, I like what they've done uh, in the squad. And also my fourth team, you know, Julian Lopetegui just resigned as Wolves coach, to, like, last night. Um, and, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, so um, I really like uh, Mendy Labar from Sevilla. I think he did a fantastic job. And I think they're going to get top. I think they're going to get the fourth spot. Um, I know they're going to sell some players, but he got a lot out of that squad that a lot of people struggled with. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do like Real Betis. And I do like, uh, I bet Real Betis to get top four last year. I was wrong. I really like Real Sociedad. I just, I think they lack depth. Both teams um, lack enough depth. If they weren't fighting in Europe, both of them, I'd be like, hell yeah. But, you know, I think the four teams I named, there's a reason that they've all been top four for, like, much of the past decade. 
um, because they know how to compete on both fronts. And I just think it's going to be your prototypical top four in whatever order you think. That's my opinion, though. Yes. You know, I could easily be wrong. And then La Liga regulation zone. You got any you got any ideas on that? I was hearing that uh, goal line technology is not to be continued for this season. Per usual. And what are the other regulations? Can you, you know, enlighten me? In, sense? Uh, in La Liga, they've actually, they've been, they're trying to do more behind the scenes stuff to get more people into the game, I think. I, you know, I think they see how uh, well, I heard about this. Yeah, the locker yeah, room like cameras how well and Drive stuff. to Survive is done and stuff mm. like that. And I think it's, I think it's good for the game. I think, yes. Uh, uh, definitely because you know last last season or was it uh, two seasons ago that they uh, installed the 4k cameras I think that is one of the best things that they ever did um, so yes I think it's a good initiative and getting the media and the fans that do not follow uh, La Liga already getting them to you know basically developing interest within them it should be good for the league well, you know, and everyone focuses on really the big two, not even the big three, you know. Have mm, you ever met an athletic club fan or an Atletico no, Madrid fan no. or a Sevilla fan or a Real Sociedad fan or, you know, mm. a Real Biet- Betis fan outside of Spain? You know, like, you don't meet them very often. Um, and I think it'll be good for the game to build up these clubs, you know, in a way. Like, the, I, when you talk to Prem fans, you know, there's about seven squads they'll like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I watch the Premier League, and I like Spurs, or I like Tottenham, or I like, oh, I just said the same team, or I like Arsenal, or I like Leicester City, or I like, you know, like, there's an abundance of teams that people like in the yeah. Prem. It would be good for La Liga to replicate that. As you were talking about, you know, other small La Liga teams, I was thinking that Xavi Alonso, he has a very good chance of, you know, after he's done with his fire Leverkusen job, I think he has a very good chance that he comes to La Liga. I think we could see him in La Liga in a, a season or two, in you know some mid-table La Liga team. Maybe I think maybe. he has a good chance at the Real Madrid job after Carlo leaves. I actually think he's the front runner. I don't think so. I think he need, he lacks the European, uh, what do you call it, experience. Although Bayer Leverkusen is so really good. Zidane. Uh, mm. You know, he did lead his team to but, a European semifinal that he actually probably should have advanced. So, Zidane was, you know, assistant manager for a very long, I don't know, very long time, but uh, I think he was easily for a couple of seasons the assistant manager. He was. He, he was, was an assistant to Carlo for one season. No, I think he was assistant for Rafa Benitez as well. And before that as well. I think he was there for like two or three No, because he had dropped down to Castilla as Rafa's first year. Oh. Because remember, he took the job. He was only there. He actually, he he was at Castilla in Carlo's second season um, because he had a year and a half at Castilla. And then he was assistant coach to Carlo. Um, and then he was an advisor to Jose Mourinho's um, teams. Like he, uh, he told Mourinho to sign Rafael Varane. Um, stuff like that. So my point being is that like the club isn't going to hire outside of the club. I don't think it's going to be Julian Nagelsmann. I, you know, I think it's going to be someone that knows the club, someone that's a Madridista. It's either, it's going to be him, Raul or Zidane or Jose Mourinho. I think are going to be the three names that it could be. And I just think Chavi Alonso brings a nice mix of knows the club, 
has coached in Europe, um, has tactics, spent time at, you know, Real Madrid as a coach in the youth academy, spent time as in Segunda B, now Tessera, as a Real Sociedad coach, got them relegated to Segunda and then retired and then moved to Bayer Leverkusen, where he did just sign a new deal until 2026. But we know those coaching deals don't mean anything anyway. Um, So all that being said, I just think, I think Chabi Alonso should be the guy. And, you know, I'm going to be super biased because Chabi Alonso is my guy, but (laughs) I think he should be the guy. If it's between him and Raul, I'm taking Chabi Alonso 10 times out of 10. Definitely. Just my opinion. And, you know, I also think Julian Nagosman deserves a decent look. Um, but he doesn't really understand how the club works. And, you know, that goes a long way. And Jose Mourinho, I would also be open to. I think he'd do a lot of good with the young players that we have. I think a lot of them need some discipline. I think someone like Eder Militao, Vinicius, need a little kicks in the ass a little bit. I think they kind of just, you know, I think their heads are getting a little too big for their yeah, bridges. True. You know, like I think they're getting a little too cocky. You know, when we think about the three-peat team, there wasn't a lot of, co- you know, these guys had cockiness, but they also never underestimated anyone. Um, you know, they never took the they never took the, the foot off the gas against Bayern Munich. You know, they fucking pummeled Bayern Munich into the ground um, oh. under Carlo. Mm. So all that being said, I just think that, you know, a good dictator, and I also think Mauricio Pochettino would have had a shot because... You know, he's a little Madridista in him, or he's a little anti-Barca in him. So, as an Espanol guy, you know, we've heard his him talk about his affirmations towards Real Madrid. I think he would be another one, but he did just take a job at Chelsea. So, I think he'll be there for a little while. Um, anybody else you think that might be have a shot to be coach at Real Madrid? No, I think you mentioned all the right names, so I would you know, basically say the same thing that you said. Do you think you Carlo think finishes the season? season? Yeah, absolutely, because... Uh, okay. okay, that's a lot of people's hot takes I talk to. They say that he's not going to finish the year, he'll be out by December. He would, even if he's not performing well, because, you know, he has the contract with Brazil for next season. So I think, you know, even if he's not performing, the club out of respect should let him finish because he's going to be gone by the end of the season either way, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least that's what we're being told, uh, yeah. you know. But that's not what. Someone from Brazil came out and said that he had signed a contract, but Roberto Carlos was like, no, Carlos would never do that. So now we're like, well, we don't know what's true. Um, but we'll see at the end of the year either way. Because um, I do think if Real Madrid was like, like let's say, let's just say he wins UCL, La Liga double, wins a treble, whatever. They're not firing this guy. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, so like point. he's gonna stay another year if that happens. That's a very good point. Um, so yeah, uh, do I think Carlo finishes the season? Yes, I do. I think the club is not gonna push him out like last time. The only way they're gonna push him out is if they have the perfect coach picked out. You know, they're not gonna fire Carlo for a Rafa Benitez. They might fire Carlo and bring in Raúl. You know, to finish the year and then see how Raúl does. Um, they might, you know, or they might bring in a Zidane 3.0, which is something I really, really, really don't want. I I don't think Zidane's going to take it this time. I think, I think we all know how the cycle goes. Uh, we get Zidane, we get happy. You know, we play half the season good. 
and then we start falling out and then everybody starts hating on Zidane everybody wants him out so he feels very disrespected and he ends up leaving himself so you know I don't think he's gonna go he's gonna put him, himself through that again yeah yeah um does Real Madrid win the Super Cup UEFA Super Cup that's coming up no, 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 no. The, the Spanish Super Spanish Cup. Spanish. We're not in the UEFA Super oh, yeah, Cup. Yeah, that, that's what I said. That's what I said. The, the Super Copa. Do we win the Super Copa? Super Copa, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, we have a very good chance. But at the same time, Barca this season is going to be a pain in the ass. Also, that competition is like the biggest coin flip on planet Earth. Yeah, exactly. Really I, is, I, like... I, I still do not understand what or how that competition is, you know organize or what happens with the teams like how they're selected or whatever it's, uh, if you win the copa del rey you get in if you get first in la liga you get in if you make the copa final you get in if you get second in the league you get in oh, if you won the copa and then it goes to the third like let's say, so this year it'll be atletico barca madrid and asasuna so you know you pray to get asasuna you know, because, but it's not, it's just a friendly competition. It's not like, you know, it's taken seriously, yes. But, you know, it's not played in Spain. It's played on foreign ground. So, like, you know, it's it's not, it's not a good, is it, it's not a good thing to is have. Is it being played in the U.S. this year? What'd you say? Is it being played in the U.S. this year? No, it's, they're talking about that for like 2024, oh. 2026, something like that. I don't know. I think they're still in Saudi, is my guess. It's. I think it was in Saudi last year. I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah. it was for the past two or three seasons. Yeah, I think it was like a five-year signed thing. Um, okay, Copa del Rey. For me, it's either like round of 32, round of 16, or winners. <laughs> There's like no in between. Exactly. That's, that's what I would say too. Okay. Uh, UCL position. Uh, I think it's either third or first. Because okay, you don't think either, we make a final and lose? Yeah, I don't think yeah, so either. That doesn't happen. I think we get knocked out in the semifinals <laughs> or we win it. Because if we end up in the finals, there's no way we are going to the finals. I, I can agree with everything you just said there about UCL positioning. Um, I don't see us getting knocked out in the round of 16. Um, depending, It's all about the draws, man. You know, like, yeah. If we I get wish... City and we don't have Mbappe, yeah. it's going to be tough like last year. Last um, year, yes. I don't think we have a good tough. chance in UCL without Mbappe. I think, matter of fact, I don't think we have a good chance making it to the semifinals without Mbappe. In I also think that if Bayern get Harry Kane, it makes this a completely different story as well. Because yes. um, right now I'm looking at I'm looking at the best teams in the world and I see, you know, I don't really see any Prem teams competing with City. I don't, you know, can we beat City? Yes, but are we better than City? No. no. Um, <laughs> to the can power Bayern of friendship. beat City? But are yeah, yes, but are they better than City? No. no. If they get Harry Kane, can you make an argument that they're better than City? A hundred percent. But they have Thomas Tuchel as their coach. If they still had Julian Nagelsmann, I'd be like, hell yeah, they're better than City. But you know, um, and I like Tuchel. I just don't think Tuchel. I think Tuchel is kind of like a Jose Mourinho in a way of like. Mm-hmm. He's very set in his tactical ways, and I don't really think his tactical ways fit a Bayern Munich. Like, they wouldn't fit Real Madrid. They fit Chelsea because Chelsea just cares about winning trophies. They don't care how they do it. Um, 
I don't think he'd fit at Real Madrid just because, you know, there's a lot of personalities here. And, you know, he didn't really deal with personalities well at PSG. Bayern Munich has a lot of personalities, and I don't think he's going to deal with them well. He already hasn't. Look at how Sadio Mane was. Did you, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to cut you off. Did you just say there's no personalities at PSG? No, I no, said I... there. he struggles with personalities. And there are a lot of personalities at PSG. Just so uh, like, there's a lot of personalities. That's what I was saying. There's a lot of personalities at Bayern Munich. Mm. I might have misspoke and said there's none, but I meant that there's a lot of personalities that's what I was thinking. there, I was like... here. And I think he's better suited for a club that doesn't have a lot of personalities. Yes, Because he has too much personality, much like Jose Mourinho. So I think it's, you know, uh, that being said, UCL is hard. I, I want to say that we're winners, um, but we need to, we still need to add a proper nine. Even if, the, like, let's just say that nine was Harry Kane. I think that, I think that makes the difference. You know wait, what I mean? Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to cut you up on this because I wanted to ask you this question. In case, I don't know if I asked you on the last podcast, but in case we don't get Mbappe, who do you think we should sign? I would say that we're not going to sign anyone, but I think we should sign Harry Kane. And I think actually Harry Kane fits this and team more than Kylian you, Mbappe does. If you think, stylistically uh, that, speaking, if you think that Harry Kane gets snatched up by Bayern or they buy him before us, what do you think then? I think that he's going to end up at Bayern either this season or next. Um, yeah. I, I, from my understanding, he has a pre-agreement with Bayern already. But you know, there's a difference between a 30-year-old Harry Kane and a 31-year-old Harry Kane. You know <laughs> what I mean? And like, if you're buying Harry Kane now, you're hoping to get three to five years out of him. Mm. Um, and you're hoping to get like at least two years of 30 goals a season, right? Yeah, and I think you get more than that. I, I still yeah, think he provides the, that's goals. That's the benchmark. Either, even in the, even the, in the latter stages of his career, I still think he provides the goals. But the thing is, is that what you need him to provide is the link-up play. Um, and, you know, I think the link when he gets older, I think the link-up play goes a little bit. Yeah, I've seen this yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you just kind of, you know, you kind of use your energy where it's needed most, which is in front of goal. Um, and just the last question, who wait, do you wait, think wait. gets relegated like from to, La Liga? Sorry, I would just, you know, want to no, add no. my opinion on the last question. I, I know this is a hot take, but I think we should, you know, if, if Mbappe doesn't come, I think we should go for Joao Felix, if, either if it's on loan. But I think 4-4-2, four, four, Joao Felix would, you know, or even 4-3-3, three, three, I think. Alongside Vinicius and Rodrigo or maybe Brahim, I think they would have a very good link of play, all three of them, all four of them. And, you know, I think he's struggling right now, but he has the potential to be a really good player, if not the best player. But yeah, that's a hot take. And I think it seems should... to be an attitude problem more with Jao Felix than anything. Um, I, think... I don't know if you saw, but during Atletico's preseason game, he was on the bench in their game just on his phone. Like that is, that is because problem. he's trying to send a message to Atletico because you know he does not want to play with Atletico. Uh, I don't. I don't think he had any. That's still unacceptable, at though. Just don't yeah, go to training true, or something. That's true, that's true. Don't publicly humiliate your club. Like imagine you did that to Real Madrid. Like, but, yeah, that is. But I'd know, be like, fuck this guy. I don't care. Let him leave for free. I think he didn't make a mistake. You know, signing for Atletico. Who in the right mind, as an attacker, you know, in their young, uh, early 20s, things that, you know, oh, 
I just had my breakout season. Let's go sign for Atletico for 120 million. And, you know, that was Under a very Diego big Simeone. Exactly, exactly. That was a very big mistake. So, yeah. But it might have just been they were the best cash offer. And, you know, they, they offered him the most money. And he was just kind of like, because he makes a nice salary there. Mm. He might have just been like, he might not give a fuck about football, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he but, might be like a Neymar in that sense. And, like, yes. you know, he just yes. really wants, he's, you know what, he became a professional footballer for the money. He didn't love it. He never loved the game. Mm. Um, you know, and there's guys that do both. But um, just, you know, if there's nothing else, last question. La Liga relegation. Who gets relegated? Uh, this is a tough one because last year, the, yeah, because last year the, there was a very interesting fight for, you know, la, uh, relegation. There was like um, five, six, seven teams. teams. Yeah. yeah. You know, very close to the relegation zone. But, you know, I would say Elmeria get relegated this season. I think Valencia, I know this is a very brave shout, but they had a terrible season. And, I don't and they just good. let go of their good Jonas Musa and they're letting yes. go of all their good players. So I don't think Cavani, they, you know, they're, they're just getting rid of everybody. Team to, be improving this season. So I think Valencia have a very good chance. And I would say maybe Girona or even Rayo Vallecano is also possible. So yeah, I would say these. Yeah, and you know, I could see a dip from Girona and Rayo last year who both ended the season mid-table and very comfortably mid-table. Um, Girona played a nice style, but a lot of their players got picked off this summer. Um, and mm. Rio Vallecano, you know, they just don't really have the depth um, in their squad. And we saw that they were fighting uh, for European spots early in the season. And Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. While you mentioned that they are mid-table, but, you know, their gap from relegation is only nine points. So, you know, it was still very close with them. Oh, I know. I'm just saying that, like... I'm I'm agreeing with you that they could be fighting. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are going to be fighting for it. Um, and, you know, I mean, Sevilla were only nine points, and I have them in fourth, but it's more so for, like, their second half. Um, and Celta Vigo was three points off relegation, but I don't see them even close to their relegation this year. Um, for me, I would love to see Valencia go down after their fans treated Vinicius that way. Um, so for me, they got to make the list. Um, I hate the way Hatafe plays, so I'm just going to send them down. Um, and, huh. I'm kind of caught between, like, Las Palmas and Cadiz. Um, I think Almeria will stay up. I think I'm going to go with Cadiz just because, you know, I don't like the way they play and <laughs> yeah I just, out of your hatred right yeah i just you know i just i think it's better for la liga to be more free-flowing and you know i would love to see the teams that sit in the low blocks and not you know try to attack as much um get sent down and I, i'd love to see more free-flowing attacking football in la liga like it used to be um back in the golden era of el Clasico. Um, yeah, so that's just my opinion. And Mallorca, Mallorca, you know, they had a they were good last year, but they could easily get relegated. Um, 
see there are, there are multiple shouts right now because you know all of them were very close to the relegation zone uh but you know we could never tell for sure yep anything i think that's it all right thanks for coming on tt i appreciate you taking time out of your day i hope you enjoyed the thank you for having me yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you for listening to La Casa Blanca podcast. Go follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. It's Spotify, Apple. Um, go follow us on Twitter at La Casa Blanca pod or TikTok. Thank you for listening. Holla Madrid, not a mas, and have a wonderful day.